Hi, and welcome to this special edition of the Modern Woodworkers Association. I'm Chris Adkins, uh, and I'll play your host for the next few minutes at least, getting started on this. Um, back uh, in the fall, there was the Woodworking in Americas, and we had uh, Diami Plotke and Tom Ivino, um, two of our other admins that were up in Cincinnati at the Woodworking in America conference. Uh, while they were there, they had a chance to uh, interview a lot of great names in the woodworking world and put those together, and so here they are compiled into one big long stream. So uh, I hope you enjoy it, and you'll have to excuse us that the sound's not always the best, but I think it'll be well worth listening to and, and getting some great uh, woodworking feedback from some of these guys. All right, thanks, and I hope you enjoy listening. Andy Brownell, Andy Andy Y Brownell B R O W N E L L. And Andy, uh, who are you with? I'm with Gorilla Glue. How do we find Gorilla Glue? Uh, you can find Gorilla Glue just about anywhere at any major hardware store, big box or small local place. You can find it in Kroger, Walmart, uh, any grocery store. Pretty much all of our products are available there. And uh, the website? Uh, website website is uh, GorillaGlue.com. Perfect. How'd you get into woodworking? Uh, I first started in woodworking uh, by just taking a class my senior year uh, for woodshop, and uh, woodshop was still popular in a lot of schools. Um, built a table, fell in love with that, and then didn't build anything until after college. Uh, then I got hooked up with Jeff Miller, uh, took classes from Jeff Miller in Chicago, and I was a part-time apprentice with him for uh, eight years, helping him out on his projects, and he taught me and gave me access to some of the equipment, so I was able to build. Left Chicago, came down here, so about 15 years. Sweet. What's your favorite tool to use in the shop? Favorite tool? Uh, right now, I think it's my uh, my bench-crafted split-top Rubo. Uh, it's a it's a, a tool in and of itself. It gives you a lot of different options for work holding. It gives you a lot of flexibility uh, if you're cutting anything from dovetails to tenons to flattening a board across lots of different planes. It's just an outstanding design and then the hardware of course is just the icing on the cake it just changes your complete perspective on uh on work, what workbenches are capable of doing to help your woodworking out sweet who influences you the most in your woodworking uh i would definitely say jeff miller uh jay miller handcrafted furniture he's out of chicago and uh, he has uh you know certainly taught me a lot we've stayed friends for years um and he's he's always been very uh very helpful, kind of guiding me, but not being too forceful and getting me to go one direction or another. We have very different aesthetics in terms of design and style, um, but uh, he's just been a great friend all those years. Sweet. Uh, what's been your biggest stumbling block in woodworking? You know, I think my biggest stumbling block has been uh, kind of exploring curves a little bit more, um, and ironically, that's kind of where Jeff's forte is. Um, it's... It's not that I don't want to. Uh, it's just that I've been kind of stuck in more of a 90 or 45 degree rut uh, based on just the things that I build. But I, I like the clean geometry of things like that. But I know to kind of get to the next level, I need to push myself a little bit more and try things that are a little bit out of my comfort zone to, to progress as a woodworker. How's the internet affecting your woodworking? Uh, internet has been a pretty important part. My, my day job professionally is actually in advertising and marketing, and my specialty is digital. Uh, marketing. So uh, between being able to create your own web presence, developing content with an editorial strategy, and using social media in particular, 
Um, those have been just incredibly important for me. Um, having a partnership with Gorilla Glue as well has been really significant to kind of help get my name out there. And my hope is that I can at least provide some credibility and legitimacy for their brand um, as, a, as a player in the marketplace. Sweet. Sure, I'm Charles Brock, uh, Charles Brock the Chairmaker, and I'm from Columbus, Georgia. Columbus, Georgia. And where can people find you online, Charles? I'm sure you have a website for the web? Sure. It's the old www.charlesbrockchairmaker.com. Uh, All right. Well, I'm sure everyone will check that out. I've got a couple questions, if you don't mind. Thank you. I'm wondering, how did you get into woodworking? Needed something to do. I just finished a master's degree in about 1978. Um, a professional degree, and I uh, had some time, and I kind of looked around, and a neighbor uh, was putting together a little shop in his garage, and um, he really didn't know much about woodworking, and I didn't either, and I ended up uh, using his tools more than he did, and um, next thing I knew, I was building, I started out with kind of rough stuff, a mailbox post, uh, a log rack, and then I got real interested in furniture, and uh, and it all kind of sprung from there. My, my grandfather was a uh, furniture maker, uh, professional, uh, back in the 1920s and 30s, and uh, he also built uh, spiral staircases wow. for institutions like the library at the University of Alabama and so forth. And so, hopefully. I was blessed with a little bit of his eye and a little bit of his desire to work wood, and uh, it's, a, it's a blessing. Yeah. What's your favorite tool? Persistence. Okay. That's <laughs> uh, an important one. Well, you, whatever it is, you've got to find out which tool is the right tool, and it's a search. It, absolutely. It's a search, and it's a search to learn how to make that tool work for you. You're not going to pick up the brand new tool the first time and get all the benefits. You have to keep coming back to it, keep exploring it, and, and kind of fooling around with it till you get the feel. Yep. And uh, then one day, all of a sudden, it smiles at you for that purpose. And when it does, it's your best tool. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Who has influenced you the most in your woodworking? There are really too many to mention. Uh, I mean, to mention to, to do justice to that, um, I would have to say I had an uncle that took a chance building stuff. Uh, he started building a boat in his basement. Okay. Took the pieces out one at a time, and I was like six or seven years old. I kept asking him, "What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing?" And he said, "Come back next week," and I would. And pretty soon he had a 32-foot boat wrapped in, in mahogany with uh, a Volvo inboard diesel wow. motor, and he was taking us deep-sea fishing. And it was that thing about having a vision okay. and working on it that really inspired me to, hey, I can, I can have a vision, and uh, if I'm persistent, then uh, I, can, I can achieve it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if I'm so blessed. So uh, I think that had a great deal to do with the inspiration. Okay. What was your biggest stumbling block in terms of woodworking, and could it have been avoided? What seemed like the biggest stumbling block was I had a day job. <laughs> and everybody, a lot of people can relate to that. You know, I want to be a woodworker. You know, I don't want to have to go do this thing. And I was a teacher. 
I taught school, and it wasn't shop for 30 years, while I was also building things at home at night and so forth. Well, uh, I thought that was a hindrance, but it really prepared me for what I'm doing now because uh, I'm fortunate enough to be able uh, to have some woodworking skills and to be able to communicate and transfer those skills to to others and help them with their bucket list of projects and help them acquire some skills and teaching made that possible. Okay. Yeah. So you translate those teaching skills to from what you were teaching to teaching woodwork. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And last question is, how has the Internet influenced your woodworking? Oh, I have a market. Um, without the Internet, uh, you're, the area right around you, the geographical area, small region, whatever, uh, there aren't a lot of people there that will pay what I get for a, a, a sculpted rocker. Right. Uh, there are some. You know the, the bank president and the and the, uh, the, the couple of corporations, the big ones. Right, they have my work, and thank goodness they're patrons. But there aren't a lot of those, and you have to move outside that area. Mm-hmm. And with the internet, I've been able to sell my my rocker plans and uh, DVDs, books. People in Moscow, Russia. Now I'm from Columbus, Georgia, and I've got customers and a friend in Moscow, Russia, and all around the world, thank you, Internet. That's, that's great. I mean, that's that's the tremendous amount of power uh, that it's brought to woodworkers right. and to, every, you know, to, everyone. to everyone. So, yeah, thank you so much. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm Chris Schwartz. I'm with uh, Lost Art Press, and our uh, URL is Lost artpress.com Excellent, excellent. Now, could I ask, how did you get into woodworking? Uh, by force. Um, my, uh, my parents uh, were uh, dropped out or wanted to drop out and go off the grid and so we were building uh, houses on our farm without electricity. So uh, I got into woodworking uh, via, you know, conscription. Okay. Not, uh, not dissimilar to the way a lot of us did, I think. I didn't have, I had electricity, mind you, but I think many of us had to build things as children when our parents decided it. How did it turn into a passion from a chore? Um, well, I hated it, and then I, you know, got into guns and girls and alcohol and cars all through high school and college, and then as soon as I got out of college, the first thing I did was enroll in, you know, woodworking school at, um, at the University of Kentucky, and because it was just totally in my blood and I didn't realize it. What's your favorite tool? Probably my jack plane that okay. I've had since uh, forever. You know, just a jack that does, uh, it really just is just perfect. So, Who has influenced you the most as a woodworker? Charles Hayward. Um, Charles Hayward was one of the, uh, was the best woodworking writer, author, illustrator, publisher, everything of the of the 20th century and his everything he's written has just been solid gold and has really led me uh with led me far without leading me astray what was the biggest stumbling block in your woodworking career 
Wow. Um, I mean, the biggest stumbling block was probably finding something, some source that put all the little puzzle pieces together so that I could... Um, I understood how to sharpen, I understood how to hand plane, I understood how to mortise, how to cut a tenon, but there was no one book until I encountered Robert Waring um, that showed me how to put all these things together and make furniture by hand in a really efficient way. So it was it was putting the pieces together. That was the missing the missing link for me. Okay. And finally, how has the internet influenced your work? Um, well, it feeds me every day. Uh, without the internet, I wouldn't be anybody else but another uh, idiot in in, uh, in a basement. So uh, the internet makes my company possible and uh, couldn't live without it. And I, I, I thank Al Gore every day for inventing it. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate you sitting down with me. Thank you, guys. Glenn Huey, G-L-E-N-H-U-E-Y. Who are you with these days? Um, I'm still a contributing editor with Popular Woodworking Magazine, but uh, my own company is woodworkersedge.com. Woodworkersedge.com. Right, it's uh, online. Yep, you can go there and check out my blogs. How'd you get into woodworking? I got into woodworking many, many years ago. I grew up in the house, uh, home building industry, got tired of running around in the Cincinnati snow and mud, and uh, moved inside, started working on built-in bookcases for customers, and one day decided I wanted to build furniture. Shut down everything, uh, worked for six months to build furniture, juried into a show, and started from there. Hold the fire. <laughs> What's your favorite tool to use? Favorite tools. Uh, I, I tell people I have two, and the minute I touched them to wood, I knew that they were things for me. One is a, is a Fordham carver. I was working on some uh, finials for a high boy one time and was carving them, and it was taking me forever. I went over to the local woodcraft store and said, have you got a Fordham carver? They had one set up. I touched the ball to the wood and knew that's what I wanted. Took it home and finished all three of the finials in a day. So it was much time savers. I loved fooling around with it. The other one is a wide belt sander that I have in my shop. It's 24-inch wide belt sander. And uh, for somebody in the business, it's uh, it's a time saver big time. I mean, it just panels go in one side, come out the other side ready to work. So super, super tool for my uh, my deal. Who's influenced you the most? Uh, biggest influence, probably going to be my dad. He kind of, you know, got me started in the carpentry end of it, started me with the wood shop stuff. He decided he wanted to be a tool maker, a, a woodworker, and uh, it's like at the time I was 12 years old, I followed everything he did. So he's probably my biggest influence. Outside of that, it's it's been a lot of people that have uh, customers the whole nine yards and influence what kind of work you do and what you enjoy in the shop. What's been your biggest challenge? Biggest challenge was really at the beginning. I mean, you go back 25, 30 years, we didn't have the information that we had today. Uh, Dad told me to go pick a project out from a book, and the only book he had were Frank Gotchel or Franklin Gotchels, and it's like there's great books to pick out, but not for a 12-year-old kid. So the, the information, the lack of that at the time I started was probably the big thing. The other thing is, you know, just learning through time of doing stuff yourself, learning by you know under the trial of fire. Um, my deal today, if I look at it differently, is I would go take as many classes as I could because you'll learn the pitfalls that you need to walk past. So I mean, I really follow that a lot. Sweet. Um, how's the internet changed your woodwork? Uh, you know, it, it's amazing how the internet has opened things up. I mean, I, I surf stuff, I hear people, I read people, I watch YouTube videos, and you can get uh, just uh, so much information out there for woodworking. It's helped me that way because I can find ideas that maybe I didn't think of because this is a business or, or a craft, a hobby, that you never learn at all. This is one of the things where uh, you can constantly get new things. 
And uh, one of the easiest ways to do it is on the Internet. And as a, as a professional talking to customers, all of a sudden I had customers from all over as opposed to wherever I would go to do shows because I had a website and people could come see the furniture. So from that end, it was totally different as well. Gregory Paolini. It's G-R-E-G-O-R-Y-P-A-O-L-I-N-I. And you're with? Gregory Paulini Design. And how do we find you on the web? Just go to our website, www.gregorypaulini.com. Okay. How'd you get started in woodworking? Well, I got started kind of the same way everybody else gets started, you know. Um, or I should say a, a lot of folks get started and inherit some hand tools and, you know, what do these things do and let's try and make some things. And, um, you know, I started by making some really, really horrible furniture. So, um, but I, I got better. So, and, um, you know, you get to a point where, uh, you know, you, you need furniture for your own house and you start to go and shop and you start looking at prices and it's like, there's no way I'm going to pay this money for this crap. So, you know, it's, I can make it better and, you know, start making your own things and then, you know, friends and family see it and they want some of the things you make. And, you know, if, if you're really lucky, the, uh, the hobby, the, the enthusiast in you get, it transforms into a career. And that's kind of how it happened with me. So, What's yeah. your favorite tool in the shop? Um, probably the router. I, I'm most known for the router. I've got a little addiction there. I think I'm up over 30 routers in our shop now, and I can juggle up to six of them at a time. So, uh, um, But they're, they're super versatile. And i, I got to tell you, the first router that I had, if I'm, if I'm lying, I'm dying, that, that router sat on my shelf for six months before I worked up the nerve to use it. And uh, the, the reason why is, you know, at, at the time, it was uh, this, the high-end stock car racing was Winston Cup, right? And you start watching Winston Cup races, and these cars are going around the track, and these fine-tuned, precision pieces of, of machinery, they're exploding when they get up to 12,000 RPMs. I mean, exploding. And here I'm holding a tool that spins at twice that speed. That, that kind of freaked me out a little bit. So it took me a while to actually build up the nerve to use them. But I think I've gotten over that, too. Who influenced you the most? Um, I'm not so sure I could name a particular person that influenced me, but more of a more of an area that influenced me. I, I'm originally from Buffalo, New York, and Buffalo, New York, really had its heyday uh, around the uh, 1900s, 1910, during the um, during the uh, original arts and crafts period. So, I mean, there are a lot of houses there that are just trimmed out with quarter sawn white oak. The house I grew up in was trimmed in quarter sawn white oak. There's like a half a dozen Frank Lloyd Wright homes there. The original Roycroft campus is just south of Buffalo. I mean, so I was just immersed in arts and crafts, and um, I just fell in love with it. And uh, I just that's kind of what I'm known for most now is arts and crafts. So, What's been your biggest stumbling block? Um, biggest stumbling block or biggest hurdle actually is, um, you know, I make my living as a professional woodworker, and I tend to sometimes take on projects that I maybe should say no to. So, um, because you know, they're challenges, though. They're things you want to do, things you want to get done, and it, it's almost like you put the the whole thing about, well, I'm in business, and I really need to see black ink at the end of the day. Otherwise, this is a really, really expensive hobby, and um, I ignore that, and I do the project anyhow. But it's a lot of fun, and. Um, you know, part of what I'm, part of why I'm doing what I'm doing is a lot of the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is because I, I love doing it. So, but yeah, I, sometimes I think I need to learn to say no to some of these crazy projects I take on. But 
So that's probably my biggest hurdle. How has the unit affected your uh, your woodworking? It's um, it actually is kind of a challenge for me. Um, I'm uh, you know I, I deal with wood, which hasn't changed a whole lot in a few millennia, and the you know the internet and technology and social media is changing. You know, it's, every time I blink, there's something new that I've, I you know I'm trying to keep up with. I'm too busy making furniture and, and doing things that are millennia old. So, but I mean, it, we have found that it's been a really valuable marketing tool for us and a good way for us to just kind of let people know what we're doing. You know, we'll put videos up on YouTube and share things on Facebook or on Twitter. And we've actually gotten cabinetry jobs because people have seen our work on Facebook or you know, people sign up for our classes because they see some of the things we've done on YouTube. So it really has been, uh, it, it's been a crucial part of our, our whole marketing, our marketing plan. And it's, uh, it's really been good. And it helps me connect with woodworkers all over the place, too. I mean, I can get online. I can have conversations with people across the world. And that wouldn't have been possible otherwise. So, and it, it's, you know, I, and I love the fact that students can end up contacting me. I can answer their questions. I get on forums and blogs and answer people's questions, help them out. It gives me a chance to give back, too. So I, I've, I've embraced it, but it's just taken me a little longer to kind of learn all the details of it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Mark Harrell, H-A-R-R-E-L-L. -L. And who you're with? I'm the owner of Bad Axe Toolworks. Where do we find you online? www.badaxetoolworks.com. Okay. How'd you get into woodworking to begin with? I couldn't get a job. No. Uh, <laughs> I just retired out of the Army after 28 years, and no one wants to hire a colonel, and I didn't want to work for the man anyway. All right? So I realized one night in one of my brighter moments that I wasn't the only schmuck buying lots of tools on eBay and then sneaking them past his wife and saw that there was a market there. Now, the last frontier was the world of saws. After I collected breast drills and planes and everything in the world, the last frontier was saws. And then I realized if I had a hair on my ass, I would learn how to sharpen my own damn saw. So I did some internet research, figured it out, ruined two perfectly good saws, cried, drank a beer, deployed to Afghanistan, retired from the Army, and then started sharpening for real, and, and the clue bird landed. I figured it out. So then, in order to support my eBay habit, I bought low on eBay, sold high. My wife, meanwhile, who is a program manager for IBM, keeps looking at me thinking, how many saws do you need? You know, and I told her what I was doing. Okay, you know, if it'll keep you from spending any more money to support your tool habit, drive on. So, established an eBay following, then the kernel in me kicked in. I thought, okay, you know what, it's time to start making some money. I'm not going to do it on eBay. I want to hang a shingle, call myself a saw sharpener, get Chris Schwartz's attention, get blogged about, build a website. No, build a website and then get Chris's attention. And boom, I was in business because sure as heck, Chris sent me his worst, crappiest saw. I sharpened the crap out of it. <laughs> he blogged about me. The next thing I know, I got a dozen saws on the porch. Nice. So I'm in business. Then, that's when the kernel kicked in because I thought, okay, now I want to make my own because I know what I like in a saw. So I took the, the patterns from Simons and from Distin and from Wheeler, Madden, Clemson and started developing bad axe saws. And, of course, the story behind the name is I'm from South, uh, you know, La Crosse, Wisconsin, 30 miles south. I had built a cabin 10 years ago where the Battle of Bad Axe was spot, right? Now, the phonetics are not lost on me, you know, with regard to the market, because there's a good marketing cachet with the word or phrase badass, all right? So, particularly with the Brits, they're always emailing me, saying, hey, Mark, when's my badass saw going to be ready? Anyway, it, at, at the end of the day, I make 
period correct, I suppose, uh, saws from an era back when communication moved at the speed of a horse and things were made with care. Okay? So uh, I like to think I have the best saw on the market. I know how to sharpen them. I guarantee my work 100%. And uh, I think the market buys into that. You're the best damn interview I've ever done. What? Here's a loaded question. What's your favorite tool to work with in the shop? What's my favorite tool? My Miller's Falls number 145 boring machine. Not a saw? Oh, hell yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I thought, I thought you know, all prejudice aside, no, I, I like timber framing. All right? So, uh, I mean, I'm kind of a hack. I'm a better saw maker than I am a woodworker. But um, I like timber framing a great deal. So uh, I actually designed a couple of my saws expressly for timber framing purposes. I like making that Rebeau bench. I've built two of them. Uh, I'm more uh, recently built this, uh, as you see, kind of a saw station. I like working with big joints, all right? And I also listen to Bob Marley. But um, getting back to the saws, my favorite tools are the larger bad axe saws and the Miller's Falls uh, boring machines for timber framing purposes. Perfect. Who's influenced you the most in woodworking? Henry Disson. The old man himself. He stroked out at the age of 58, 59, and 1878. He was the kid. As soon as he sailed over here with this old man from the UK in 1832, all right, his old man stroked out on the boat. It was just he and his sister. So Henry apprenticed himself out to a saw shop, an Irish saw shop in 1830s Philadelphia, where he learned his trade. By 1840, at the age of 20, he struck out on his own. And uh, back in that era where you really did need a quality saw to put bread on the table, whereas it's essentially male therapy today, okay, and increasingly, hopefully, women and children. But uh, back in an era where people were putting bread on the, ta on the table with their saws, Henry Disson made the best saws in the world. And he was became kind of like the Bill Gates of the day with a tool that was ubiquitous, and his mantra was quality sells. Now, production, so you can make money, and quality, convening at the highest possible level. No sacrifice on quality. Get them out there so people don't have to wait six months for a saw. I don't ascribe to the notion of being a boutique saw maker. I want somebody to have a saw within 30 days of ordering, preferably two weeks of ordering. That is the best saw in the world. What's been your biggest stumbling block when it comes to woodworking? Woodworking or this business? Pick one. What With the business, think? it's uh, finding, training, and retaining quality people to uh, work. Okay? But, you know, that's kind of, that, that's uh, pervasive anywhere you go. You know, finding people with a good work ethos and, a, and, a, and a, a steadfast adherence to the sense of craft and care and everything that you do. All right, that's been a challenge so far as the business. But, you know, you burn through a number of knuckleheads and then you find the right person, you take care of them, and then you retain them. Okay? Biggest challenge of woodworking? Getting rid of the air gaps. <laughs> Perfect. How has the internet affected your business oh, and woodworking? Tremendous. Uh, my, uh, I, I, I have a bit of an IT background, uh, not near in comparison. I, I know my way around the internet. I know how to use Dreamweaver. I know how to build a website. I know how to maintain it, um, except for the real esoteric stuff. I'm pretty handy with it, and I upgrade and I maintain my own website. Developed it as an internet-based business, and then, of course, coming to my one show a year, all right? But uh, everything else I do from home, and all my financial transactions are conducted online. And that's why I have customers in Estonia, Latvia, oh, no, wait a minute, not Latvia, Estonia, 
Tasmania, okay, uh, South Africa, Rio, uh, Finland, okay, all over Canada. Canada is easily 10 to 15 percent of my market. Uh, pretty solid up until the Euro crisis happened. I had a pretty thriving European market, but uh, we're all over down under in Canada. Okay, Perfect. and also I have the expat business in the Eastern Hemisphere. Perfect. Megan Fitzpatrick, M E G A N, space F I T Z P A T R I C K. And you're with? I am with Popular Woodworking Magazine. I'm the executive editor. And how can we find Popular Woodworking Magazine mm -hmm. online? You can find Popular Woodworking Magazine online at popularwoodworking.com, or if you're lazy, you can type, type in popwood.com, and that works too. You can find me on Twitter at OneSnugTheJoiner. Perfect. How'd you get into woodworking? I got into woodworking on a small scale, doing DIY work around the house, around my parents' house growing up. Actually, I went to Tuck Point at age 12, which is not woodworking, but it's, you know, a weird thing. So anyway, um, and then I bought an old house, so I've been doing a lot of old house restoration work. And then I started working at Popular Woodworking Magazine as an editor. And I thought, well, gosh, I have all of these great guys around who know what they're talking about, and this is really cool, and I want to learn it. So I bugged them incessantly until they taught me, and it's been a great learning experience. I still have a lot more to learn, and I think everybody does, and that's what we try to do. So I like that persistence pace. <laughs> What's your favorite tool in the shop? My favorite tool is the router plane, hands down. You want to know why? Right, it's just a lot of fun to work with, and uh, I have no idea why. I guess I like being able to use, um, what do I like to use? Why do I like to use that? Right, I like to use a, a saw and a chisel to create dados and grooves, but then I can use a router plane to clean up the bottom and make it really clean, and it looks like I've done perfect work with my saw and chisel. It just makes me look good in so many applications, so... <laughs> well, I mean, that's the best. No, it's, you know. it's awesome. Yeah. It makes me look good. It does. It makes all my joinery look really clean and good. Clean up tenon shoulders with it, and they look perfect. Came off the saw like that. Yes, it did. Right. No, I'm right. <laughs> that's right. Um, who influenced you the most? Who influenced yes, me the most? Well, I'm going to have to say Christopher Schwartz because he's the first one who dragged me into the shop and taught me stuff. And most of what I know, I know at least uh, tangentially through him. Either he taught me or he introduced me to people who taught me. But then Glenn Huey and Bob Lang have also been very generous in their time teaching me their, ex their areas of expertise. But in the end, I'm going to have to say Christopher. What's been your greatest challenge, your greatest stumbling block? My greatest stumbling block, like everybody, I think, is finding time to get in the shop and actually practice the things that I read about and edit all the time. I know a whole bunch of stuff on paper, but I don't always have the time to go into the shop and actually execute it. So I might be able to tell you how it's done. I might not be able to show you how it's done. Uh, that would have been more true five years ago. I've had more time since then, but I'd like to be able to get away from my desk, away from the computer, into my bench a lot more often. How has the internet influenced your woodworking? How big? How big of an influence? How has it changed the way you do it? Right. Uh, That's it, yes. Sorry. How has the internet changed the way I do woodworking? Well, what's really interesting for me because of my position at the magazine is that I'm online a lot looking at what you guys are talking about at Modern Woodworkers Association um, and the other chat rooms that are available to woodworkers out there, and there are a lot of them. 
What I find most interesting about it is that you can get a lot of uh, different opinions uh, very quickly about any question. But what it always tells me as a woodworking magazine editor is what are people interested in learning? Where are there areas that we haven't explored yet that people want to know more? So for me, it's a good learning experience as to what we should be covering. Which is probably a little different than you're getting from most woodworkers, but there you go. Don't worry about okay. it. My name and spell it. Yes. Damn, you ask a lot. Uh, it's tough questions. Hill, R-O-Y-U-N-D-E-R-H-I-L-L. Uh, -L -L. And I know nothing. I know nothing. Now, Roy, we know your crazy TV show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Can you tell our listeners what it is? Uh, the show is the, the Worldwide Shopping. Uh, he makes the wood from the uh, tree. Did we cut the tree? From the tree. Yeah, because the trees are evil and must be punished. <laughs> we cut the tree and make them to wood. <laughs> <laughs> if people want to find out more about this crazy show where you're hunting down de deadly yes, evil trees, where do you look in online? Do you have anything for yes, that? Yes, it's the, the wood, 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 wood right shop. Wood right shop. Yeah, <laughs> this right is the place. Wood right shop. Of Woodwright School, that's where I teach the people to, to hurt the trees. We do bear hating, you know, bear baiting, bear hating. We, we hate do, the bear. We hate the tree. We do tree baiting. Yeah. <laughs> Roy, can I ask you a really strange question? Yeah. How did you get started in woodwork? Yeah, yeah. In tree parlor, my brother, it took four months to clear the tree off my brother. I learned to make cabinets. I made, I made full dinner tables. Finally freed my brother from under the tree, and damn, by then I was very good woodworker. Yeah. 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 That's very nice. When, when you go and you do your woodworking against the evil trees, what's your favorite implement of destruction? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I like the, the gunpowder wedge. Mm. You know the gunpowder wedge? Oh, I've heard of yeah. it. Yeah. You stuff it full of the gunpowder, you light the fuse, you run like, you run like hell, you know, <laughs> and then you go boom, damn, and there you are all around you, you know, there's chairs, there's tables, there's cabinets. They all fall into place. Yeah, so that is my favorite. I like that a whole lot. The gunpowder gun, gun wedge, yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you this. What's your, what's your, Greatest stumbling block, your greatest challenge uh, in woodworking. Stumbling block, oh, to see block, are the women, are the women who love the woodworkers. God Almighty, you know how it is being a woodworker. Of course. Are the fräuleins they come after you all the time and you stumble over them all the time. Say, get out of my way, Helga. Get out of my way, Frida. But no, they're there. You stumble over them. Bam! Oh, I'm hitting myself under the anvil. What a drag. It's like a problem, you know. I, I understand totally. You know, woodworker, you get all the chicks. That's the stuff. Yeah. So that's you have another question? Wood, yes, right? I do. Yeah, can, I, can I ask you, can I ask another wood. question? Uh, Very important question. Oh, yeah, that's what she said. Okay. okay. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Who's been your greatest inspiration? Trying my, to dig my, your brother out from the greatest inspiration you My greatest inspiration. Oh, God. Oh, she asked such things here. <laughs> uh, well, uh, her, her name was Helga. Ah. Yeah, and she was a tree sprite. I really? cut, I cut the tree. I released Helga the tree sprite. And the tree sprite, uh, she was uh, very, very interesting in so many ways. Yes, you are making the just every woman there. You're a good interviewer. Yes, you are still, but this is radio. We can't do that. So in, uh, for those listening, uh, when television is invented, you will see very curvy woman. Nevertheless, Helga come out of the wood. And I say, oh man, you are with the grain, you know. You are like way my side. So I am like, uh, you know, I say, we make it, we're going to plan this out. And uh, so, and nevertheless, uh, she inspired me. I get very hot for the wood. 
and uh, things work out. Of course know? they do. They always yeah. do in the end. Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> they they do. Yes, so, they that, do. so that is the lesson for all, you know, just keep the working going and uh, don't get stuck, you know, on the glue. Okay. Last question. Yeah, yeah. There's this crazy new thing called the internet out there. I don't know if you've ever the heard internet, of it. Internet. Yeah. Internet. Yes. Internet. Yeah. Internet. Internet. Yes. Yeah. 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 How has that changed the way you would work? Uh, the internet. Uh, the things. Well, they, they come in. I get all kinds of, uh, like, people say, log in. You know, so I bring the log in, and they say, that is a good communication. I don't get the thing. There's no people there. They log in. You know, I say, you know. They say, this is all digital communication. I say, I'm not digital. I'm analog. I like analog, uh, you know, and that's the way I work. So, that's it. I don't think it has much effect. Okay. But the thing is, I'm looking at your digital woodwork, and you have 10 digits. Yeah, well, that's it. You know, I cut the digits off. I count them at the beginning of the thing. Uh, because, you know, that's it. The director. I work with director. I, I, I director. I see. He say, cut, cut. And you know, I think that's what he's saying. command. Cut, yeah. That's a command. Under, under my fingers, they suffer as a result. Yeah. Now, Mr. Underhill. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to tell our listeners? You know, maybe something to give them a little no, more inspiration uh, in their shops. I am saying, oh, man, that is pretty girl walking by there. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. What? Oh, yes. Uh, yes. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, inspiration for, for woodworkers in their shops. Oh, give yes. me words of inspiration. Uh, words of inspiration. You know, I'd say uh, just, uh, you know, there's not five words uh, to get you right. It's not four. Not three, no, not three, not two, uh, it's, it's the just one, just to say no to power tools, uh, and you'll be pretty good in life. Yeah, that's it. And all the chicks for you, because, you, hey, you're a hand tool, a woodworker, they say, I'm all yours. It's that's always good it. with the hands. Yeah, so hang in there, fellas, you know, some of these days you're going to meet a girl, and she's going to be very nice, just don't move too fast, Okay. Mr. Underhill, it was a pleasure. Oh, Dr. Shun, comrade. All right. <laughs> Thank you. That was the most enjoyable. That was fantastic. All right, Scott, give us your name and spell. Scott Meek, S-C-O-T-T-M-E-E-K. Where can we find you online? ScottMeekWoodworks.com. Sweet. How'd you get into woodworking? Got into woodworking. Uh, my dad's a general contractor in Michigan, and so I grew up on the on the on the uh, job site in the building trades and progressed into so I started out liking carpentry, you know, framing and all that stuff and the, the fast stuff and as I got older got into the trim carpentry, got into custom cabinetry and then went down the rabbit hole of hand tools. And uh been making planes ever since. So What's your favorite tool in the shop? My favorite tool is my mesquite smoother. Hands down. Mesquite's Great wood for a plane. I love it. Love using it. Use it every day. Um, who has influenced you the most? Uh, probably Conrad Sawyer. Sawyer and Steiner. Uh, his his planes are the infill planes. They're a lot different than what I'm making, but they've influenced what I make. And the artistry and the, and the beauty that he puts into a tool, it's just it's mind-boggling. So I'm really bummed he wasn't able to be here this weekend. So I wanted to meet him. What's been your biggest stumbling block? Uh, just get off my butt and doing it. Um, when you, there's a lot of times we just think about stuff and, and like, oh, I wish I could do that or I wish I was going to do that, but we don't just do it and, you know, make excuses. And I'm, I'm once you stop making an excuse and you get out there and, and you just try it, it doesn't matter if you, mis- you, you fail. 
you at least try it. So. How has the internet influenced your work? Um, mainly with the community. Uh, just getting to know other woodworkers better than you ever could have before it. Um, except for an event like this. But even the event like this, I probably wouldn't be here without the internet community. So, um, you know, because of them, I'm, I'm, I'm here. And, uh, yeah, it's a great community. Good guys. I'm Scott Phillips, S-C-O-T-T-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S. And who are you with? I am with the America Woodshop on PBS. And this is brought to you by Modern Woodworkers Association, which is the finest network available. If you aren't doing this, you're missing something. Okay. See, I wore the shirt to make it easier. You did. It was fabulous. Okay. How did you get started in woodworking? Well, it ultimately hinged on... My father's wood shop. I was six years old, and I got to see him doing some turning, and that got me involved right away. And before I knew it, there was one rule in the shop, Scott. These are the rules. You will never get hurt doing this. Do it this way. If you ever get hurt in our shop, you are not allowed to use tools anymore. So I paid attention. I've never been hurt as a woodworker. So ultimately, my father started me when I was six, but by the time I was 11 years old, we were building big projects, go-karts in the neighborhood, tree forts that were massive. We had all the tools, and when Dad would leave for work as a forester, he'd be gone for a week, and we'd have fun in that shop. It was just amazing. Your tool is animated. I love it. <laughs> What's your favorite tool in the shop? My workbench, because it's like having an extra worker in the shop. It, it, you know, I work alone. Most woodworkers do. And so by using the tail vise and the front vices and the bench dogs and, and being able to work all the way around it, don't push it up against the wall, then you can move mountains. It's a wonderful tool. Number one tool. Got to love it. Who influenced, who influenced you the most in your woodworking career? Actually, it was a, a lot of people, but number one, it was my grandfather. My grandfather was... Without a doubt, the type of man that could build anything, and he would inspire me when I'd see him do these things. And um, he taught me a very valuable lesson. Whenever you start a project, you have to finish it because it projects rarely go perfectly. But when you do run into a snag, coming up with a solution for that problem is what is really going to make you grow as a woodworker. And so always finish whatever you start. It may not be perfect, but don't you do the yow butts. And people say, what's a yow butt? And as a woodworker, when you finish a project and somebody comes up and compliments you on how nice it is, what's the first thing you say? Yeah, but if you look right here, and we always point out our mistakes, what you should do is just go, thanks. That's it. That's the key to happiness. Right? <laughs> that is right there. <laughs> what's been your biggest challenge? Well, it's always been money. Money to stay free, pay the bills. As woodworkers, let's face it, we don't make a lot of money. We're working with our hands. We're doing what we love. And that's the big payoff right there. It's, we don't do this to get rich. Nobody gets rich in woodworking. We're doing this because it's a passion. And we're blessed to be able to do this. And also, we live in a time when we have more tools available than ever before. We have more educational resources, just like Modern Woodworkers Association, so that we can get connected with solutions to problems that we have. Whether we Google it, we go online to watch it, or we come to Woodworking in America, where we're at right now, to get hands-on instruction. Never stop learning. Never stop growing.
critical. That was a perfect soundbite. Let me ask you this. How has Internet affected your woodworking personally? Well, in a huge way. Whenever I have a challenge that I'm having a problem working through, I just Google it. And all of a sudden, online, here comes a dozen different solutions to a typical problem. And as a woodworker, I am a little frustrated that we're ultra-conservative. We develop a technique, and we stay with that technique. And a lot of times, we don't stay open-minded to new ideas. Okay. For example, pocket joinery has been around 500 years. And there are still a lot of people out there that are fighting it, saying it's not a good joint. It's an excellent joy. It can open up all sorts of solutions to challenges that you have, whether it's construction or cabinet making or furniture making. So um, you got to keep an open mind. You have to as a woodworker. If you don't, if you aren't, you're not growing, and where's the fun in that? Thomas J. McDonald, T-H-O-M-A-S-J-M-A-C-D-O-N-A-L-D. Okay, Tommy, Rough Cut. Rough Cut. How do people find it online? Uh, ThomasJMcDonald.com or RoughCutWoodworking.com. Perfect. How did you get started in woodworking? I started woodworking in the sixth grade. I went to a trade school, uh, after school program, and I got introduced to woodworking. And then I did a bunch of odd jobs with my dad, you know, working on our basement and, and whatever. And then once it came time to go to high school, I went to a trade school, studied carpentry, Gone to the Carpenters Union, graduated from an apprenticeship program, worked 15 years in the Carpenters Union, and then I, um, when I was 35, I went to the North Bennett Street School in 1999. I've been doing fine furniture since then, and now I write and produce and host the Rough Cut Show. Sweet. What's your favorite tool to use? I don't really have a favorite tool. I guess uh, the right tool for the right job is my favorite tool. There's nothing worse than trying to use the wrong tool for the wrong job. So, you know, learning how to operate machinery and hand tools together and in unison is my favorite thing to do. Perfect. Who's influenced you the most in your woodworking career? Who's influenced me the most in my woodworking career? I believe it or not, it was my dad, and he's not even a woodworker. But he's the person who, he was the first guy to put a hammer in my hands. So he really influenced me at a young age to, to pick up a hammer or a wrench or a ratchet and, and work with my hands. And once I started to learn woodworking, you know, every shop teacher that I came across or every you know, instructor I came across or working with the old timers when I was an apprentice, you know, you know, there have been hundreds of people who have shaped my woodworking career, to be honest with you. Perfect. What's been your greatest challenge in woodworking, greatest stumbling block? My greatest challenge in my own personal woodworking career is always my approach to my woodworking. Every time I approach a project, I say I'll be more methodical and I'll be more organized, and I'll take care of my tools and, and, and all that, and inside of five minutes, I'm the same old guy, you know? So I think my approach is always something that I need to improve upon and always take my time and do things, you know, the way they're supposed to be done from the beginning. Um, how has the Internet affected your woodworking? How has it changed your woodworking? How has the Internet changed my woodworking? Well, to be honest with you, um, the internet hasn't really had any kind of influence on my actual woodworking itself, but it had a huge influence on my current job as host and producer of the Rough Cut Show. I started a podcast in 2005, and I learned my craft of interacting with a camera and learning how to digitize my content and put on a website, and I kind of learned 
the ins and outs of how a website works. So it kind of it helped my career in the in the way that I was able to, like I said, learn how to interact with a camera, and I learned the the importance of a website on my on the web. You know. Bruce Wang, B-R-U-C-E-W-A-N-G. And Bruce, tell us who you're with. I'm with Microjig. And where can we find you online? You can find us at microjig.com. That's M-I-C-R-O-J-I-G.com. Okay, Bruce, how'd you get into woodworking? Uh, gosh, well, my dad's been a woodworker for 25 years, building stuff from, like, uh, uh, tabletops to desks to all kinds of stuff. So he kind of ingrained me into the uh, the craft, if you will, building very practical stuff. Not We're not much into the big uh, furniture craftsman stuff, but we'll build, like, jigs, we'll build boxes, we'll build things that helps us get things done. What's your favorite tool? The gripper, of course. How else can I, uh, you know, operate a table saw, router table, bandsaw joiner, and keep my hands safe? That's how I like it. I like the control on it, too. Yeah. Who's influenced you the most in the woodworking career? Uh, Henry Wang. That's my father. Yeah, that's my dad. He's the he's my big influencer. He He's the one who taught me about woodworking. He's taught me about tools. He's taught me about the woodworking business and industry, so he's the man. What's been your biggest stumbling block in your woodworking career? The biggest stumbling block? Hmm in the woodworking career. I guess uh, I guess conveying uh, to all the woodworkers out there uh, how much our products improve their safety in woodworking in the in the uh, in the industry. So the big thing that people hurdle over is the fact that it's pricier, they feel that it's expensive. But um, relative to what you're able to do with the product in terms of its safety, its control, um, you really find that there's nothing that creates that much value and it's worth it. So that's kind of the this is always the issue we run into is telling people and sharing people, uh, you know, that it's worth it. How's the, in, how's the Internet affected the woodworking? Oh, well, I think the Internet's been an incredible uh, addition to uh, the woodworking industry. It's shaken it up. It's changed things up. Um, you know, you're, it's uh, the YouTube effect, you know. Like, you have woodworkers all over the world that are improving their woodworking at a much faster rate because they don't have to go to the guilds anymore or they don't have to go to these schools. They can go online and find out from... Tom, WorksBench.com, uh, or The Wood Whisperer, and they can learn new skills that they can learn at a much more rapid rate. And they can find out about new stuff that's going on in the industry, and it's just, it helps it grow in all different ways. You're the man. You're the man. I told you to be painless. <laughs>